Hey everybody, John here. Before we start the episode, if you could just go and subscribe, rate, review, you know, give us a little love. It helps people find the podcast. We're trying to grow our audience. We would really appreciate it. Thanks. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Moving Spotlight Podcast. Feels like it's been a while, but it has not. As long as we are releasing these regularly. Yeah, we are releasing regularly. So to everyone I feel else, we're, rusty. Yeah, I feel um, rusty. I'm your host, John Ruby. I'm here with my co-host. Corbin Coyle. Hey, everybody. Also, Corbin does the audio, so if that sucks, email him. Don't talk. Don't, don't email don't me. Don't get I'm mad no, at me, people. Uh, yeah, don't get mad. Got a lot of haters out there. No, uh, we don't no, have yeah. any. <laughs> that we know of. Yeah, yeah. We know of. Um, Corbin, it's uh, sun's coming back out in California, Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of rain, which has been great. And uh, I want to ask you: This is a uh, entertainment question to yeah. start the show. Out of like every TV show or movie, what's a character that you've really wanted to be and why? <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah um, this, is a, this is a good one. This is this is char- different character. Yeah. I'm not sure for this person, but. Yeah. Like Ryan Gosling, like I feel like I've always wanted to be that cool. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I always wanted to be like that. Anybody that can do a movie like Drive, where you never talk, and they're doing <laughs> yeah. like that's amazing. Love like that. he didn't even say anything. It's like that's that's yeah. I want to be that cool. I want to be able to yeah. like play an instrument, yeah. being in my band, yeah. and just do that stuff. But yeah. it's really him in any movie, like The Notebook. Like I just would like to be him. But I think yep. I, if I had to pick any character, probably like. Another kind of uh, artsy guy like that is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in like 500 Days of Summer. That'd be probably, that'd be, be another mm. one up there for me. Um, but that's also because like, I think that would just be my casting. <laughs> so that'd be kind of perfect. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I prepared the question. I didn't even think of an answer. Okay. So let's see. I think, man, oh man. I, I yeah, I was kind of thinking of like characters from shows. Like I was like, I think the, um, Gosh, why am I so blank on this? Um, I think because I'm I have like recency bias, you know. So I just watched the I, well, I just watched The Last of Us, and yeah. I was like, oh, that Pedro Pascal role. I would just be like, I really enjoy like I kind of like the action adventure, and then I like the you know the kind of the father figure. Mm. I kind of like that energy. What about like Indiana um, Jones? I feel like you would have been really into Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like I like that stuff. Um, for some reason, I also feel like um, I really like uh, like Chris Pratt's sense of humor, oh, like when he was sure. on Parks and Rec. Like mm-hmm. that's like my kind of sense of humor, um, you know. Even kind of what he what he'd done with Guardians of the Galaxy. But I, I like I like that kind of that kind of comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. Like I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot. Of, I, you know who else? I you know who, an actor I really love because you talk about actors. Uh, do you know Damian Lewis from Homeland? Oh yeah. And uh, I think he's I like I really like his. He's more dramatic stuff, mm-hmm. but I really like his like drama. Yeah, drama there's, stuff. A, there's a bit of similar energy with you guys. Yeah, I, I could see that. He's definitely like, very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's <laughs> or that's your. It's you know I have I have this interesting theory, it, and you know it's just a, a personal theory, but it's I feel like there's an interesting like timelessness with dramatic actors mm-hmm. and comedy is a little more like in the moment. Yeah. So not that there's mm-hmm. not, you know, comedians that we still talk about, but it's interesting how like, and, and it's, it, I mean, it, it obviously that's, that's not totally true because you have people like Lucy ball, Lucille ball and stuff that, that mm-hmm. last or, you know, but I do think there's something of like, you know, dramatic actors tend to like resonate for longer mm-hmm. and then comedy actors are more like in the moment in the zeitgeist you know yeah. and I, I don't know why that do you, do you know what i mean i do know what you mean i mean like what comes to mind is like friends or something you know like that show is, is great but then it's kind of a little outdated now you know so it's like just it's changed because it was in the zeitgeist things were very specific or even the simpsons and things that nature back in the day um, yeah. yeah even though like i'll still watch like the marx brothers yeah. and laugh totally so you know like like groucho Marx or harpo or chico all those guys are still really funny to me i just think there's something there's something kind of interesting you know um even like i we, we know you know we work on like theater stuff like mm. a play that's like feels like from a long time ago that's more drama yeah. sometimes that'll hold up much better than a comedy from, from that's a good from point yeah you kind of have to put yourself back in the the audience doesn't get the jokes as much with comedy and it's also references it's one of the reasons i think like comedy sometimes has trouble trouble traveling around the world yeah. is because it, it can it can but like certain things are like you make a joke here you know, uh, about a Trader Joe's and other places, you know, they have Aldi, which I was just in once ago, by the way. 
uh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. See how specific that yeah, was? Yeah, that was That's specific. Good God. Um, <laughs> all right. I feel like this is, this is losing steam. Uh, Corbin, let's get to our guest. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. let's get to someone who's got a real opinion. Uh, I want to welcome to our show uh, uh, director and uh, actor, and I think it works in production, lot, does a lot of things. I think he can define it better for us. Uh, Colm Kill Donston. Hey, welcome to the show, Colm. Hey. Hey guys, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So, Colm, any thoughts on a, a show that you would, or a char- or actor that you would either want to be or be a part of right now? That's always a hard question because I feel like, I feel like oftentimes like I, I get asked that by other actors to like, what would you, what, what, you know, what made you want to do this? Like, what <laughs> yeah. was the thing? And I'm like, I don't ever really know if there's one specific one, but there was a time where I was very jealous of my little brother because he got to be Willy Wonka in the mm-hmm. the musical, um, yeah. and I was like, "Damn, I would love to." <laughs> I would so crush that. Um, it's just fun. It's like it's dramatic and comedic and weird yes. and serious. It's like all all these layers to it, but it's all like not too serious. And I think that's the kind of as an actor, that's like the the thing I do best. So I'm like, I definitely that. Um, yeah, I think I think that would be that would be the one role. But like, there's there's so many. I mean, like, how could you not? Yeah, like, I don't know, like it would um, all be cool to be like Indiana Jones. Like, <laughs> of course. You know, I'm like, uh, like yeah. obviously, like I want to do those. But then, you know, actually, what I think I could pull off, um, you know, it's usually it, I think it leans a little more comedic. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. Well, you just mentioned, you know, we're talking about kind of like people that laugh, like Gene Wilder. I mean, that guy's comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. What are those blazing, blazing saddles, young Frankenstein, Willy Wonka. Like, yeah. like he's one of those people that's just, uh, yeah. you can watch him at any time and he's so good. And that's like one of my dad's favorite movies was uh, Bonnie and Clyde. He's in it for only like two scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the funniest parts. And I can quote the, like <laughs> quote those scenes so well when he's driving the car with his wife and she's driving the car and Bonnie and Clyde are coming up and they realize who it is. And he's like, faster, drive faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, that's how good he is. He can be in two scenes and just and steal the show. So I think maybe I just want to be Gene Wilder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. We got to it. Yeah, yeah. We got to it. Yeah, you can't see, but the hair and the, the mustache. I, I see it. I see, I see it, Cole. Yeah. We got to it. We got, that was why we had all that other stuff on top, Corbin, so yeah. we could figure this out for Cole. <laughs> we got deep into like, it. The Gene Wilder wall. That's great. That's great. Well, um, Colm, I wanted to talk to you um, a bit about kind of the directing side, and I wanted to jump right in. You've got a, 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 a you're going to direct your first um, feature, independent feature, right? How's how's that coming along? You know, we had Sean on the show. If people listen to that episode um, sixty eight, no, I don't know. I made that up, but we had Sean on <laughs> earlier. I don't know which episode. Um, people can listen to that. But yeah, do you want to tell us a bit a bit about the feature and your role in it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um... Well, first of all, I'll also shout out to Sean. I mean, I wouldn't be on the project without him. Uh, like, it, he's phenomenal. And uh, my dear friend, Connor Austin Jones, who is the first AD on the project. They're the ones who really got me involved. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a low-budget indie feature. You know, we're, we're really, really low-budget, but we're making it work. Uh, and that's been great. We just got through most of the lead casting process, which that's is great. Pretty- I can't technically say anything yet, but we've just got our four maiden leads locked down, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a great experience. The story, for those of you who are listening, who didn't get to see the last episode, is about two Catholic priests who go to Napa Valley to find the perfect communion wine. But while they're up there, they both have a massive crisis of faith. And so they kind of start to dissect whether they should or shouldn't really be a part of the church and what life entails if they decide not to stay. Um, it's a straight up comedy, you know, lots of laughs, lots of fun, but has a lot of heartfelt moments, um, which is, I feel like the zone I typically like to operate in as a director. So I'm very thankful to be a part of the project. It's, you know, it's been phenomenal so far and let's hope it keeps on rolling totally yeah. yeah it's called it's called by the grape of god just 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 to get the title yes. out there great yeah. title yeah Love yeah that. by the grape of god nice little yeah. in the title so it's, great. <laughs> it's yeah. right there yeah. how was the uh how was the casting process because it's i we, we've been doing some uh, casting for a theater project that we're, we're doing and it's been interesting for me to kind of be on that side of the lens as an actor and mm-hmm. kind of see just pitfalls that people do like things that nobody teaches you and like just curious yeah. your your observations both being actor and director yeah, it's I've 
it's hard. And I've been doing the like casting slash director thing for a while when I was in college, like I was casting all of my own projects, right? Like I would see people and be like, okay, this is definitely the right person. This person isn't, you know, and those have been either really extensive casting process processes or just like, oh, I know this person's good. I'll just put them in the role. Um, for this one specifically, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's like you have people from all walks of life. I mean, we were auditioning, you know, 19 year old 20 year old actors to play 17 year olds and so it's like okay there's a huge component of like look also that's involved but then we're also auditioning you know 50 to 60 year old men for one of the priests and those are more name talent that are coming in so the audition process of like 20 19 year olds who are trying to break in and then people who've been in this business for a long time and we're the ones who are trying to break in it's this interesting dynamic um and so you take in, like, there's so many things to take into account. It's not only talent, it's look, how do people pair up together on screen? How do they look? How do they read on camera versus like a self tape? There's people who had great self tapes, didn't have great in-person auditions, right? It's just like, it's all over the map. So it's a really hard thing. And then, then there's the additive element of when finally casting, right? I have my ideas and then all the different producers have their ideas, you know, it's just like, you have to align them and mix them yeah. and what works until you find the right combination. And then it's so funny. Once you have it finally locked down, you're like, Oh, there was no other combination. Mm. Like it had to be this. It had to be this way. Right. Like this is actually the group that looks best. And it's kind of awesome. Cause it's like, it's like a puzzle. It's like, once you start to piece together, you go, Oh, I got it now. And then, right. And then it all just comes easier. So it's tough. Casting is really hard because it's also like you you feel like you're breaking a lot of hearts at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So, anything yeah. you learned, um, your actor side of the brain, working through these castings, either recently or in the past, anything that you've kind of um, gleaned? So many things. I mean, so many things, right? And it's like, there's people that, I, I was just talking about this recently with my friend who's, she's also an actress. And she was like, there's people who are really great self-tapers and there are people who are really great in person mm -hmm. and there's a huge difference between that and like when you put somebody across from someone and so it's like learning those two different skill sets and separating from each other in a way is really important because mm -hmm. right there's people that we had okay self-tapes from but then they get in the room and they get across from somebody and they're like it's like it's just like magic mm -hmm. and then you have somebody who can be in the room and be isolated and alone but then we put them across from somebody and they start to close up or right and it's like they feel distant um so there's a lot of that i mean it's also like come prepared it's, sure. it's obvious one it's an obvious one that you think you should know and everybody should know but it's like come as prepared as possible make sure you're reading everything again triple confirm things don't be afraid to be annoying because you really do only get however many minutes to shine. And so it's like, if you come in prepared, ready to go, right. Take your time, like and make the room yours. It goes a long way. Cause those are the people that I, whenever I was leaving casting sessions, I was like, okay, those are the people that I remember the people that came in and just, you know, mm -hmm. didn't know their stuff or, you know, came in and they're like, oh, okay. And did the thing and just kind of left. It, it just doesn't, I don't know your personality outside of the role and in the role matters a lot and so we look for that yeah i always describe it as like as a casting person you're like you're kind of like rooting for them you know like you want every single person you're excited for these people and so i always describe it as like you come in at a hundred and even with self-tapes but everything starts to knock away slowly from there so it's like oh you're lighting oh you're a little distant oh you're not really like you're better at self-tapes or in person. Like it just kind of keeps going down more and more and you just want to keep that as high as possible. So memorize your lines, ask questions like you're saying. Like every, we're all just collaborating, kind of go for it. Exactly. It's like if somebody comes in and asks me questions about the role before diving in or in between, like the way that I was always running it was like, I was like, let's do one pretty fresh. There'll be notes and then we'll do a second one. Mm -hmm. If you ask me questions about the character or show me that you're thinking about this character and you're like, even though you only have two pages of the script or whatever and you're like well you know i was thinking this this and this that like shows me that you're excited a good actor like i'm like that's great coming in even just having a light conversation about something like i mean it's just like i it, it's all these things where it's like also as a director i'm looking to see if i can 
work with you, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking to see how you work in a room in only five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, right? It's like when you come in and introduce yourself and we're talking with each other, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this person, we can get along. We can get along, we'll do this, there can be, right? We don't gotta be best friends, but I'm just like, we can have a banter and a rapport and I like the way that you're thinking about this. Um, that, that, that matters a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I really um, uh, fight against the phrase like over rehearsed, Colm, because I, I think what happens is people put it in cement, so they're stuck, and so that, that they, they say over rehearsed, but really what it is is like I put it this way, and I only want to do it this way, mm-hmm. and to have that flexibility to really know it, and then when you're you know working with the director, you're in the room, and they you, you're collaborating, and then it's sending it in a new direction, and you're able to be like, oh great, let's try that, and you know what I mean, and then you can you can send it in that new way. I think that's such an important thing because a lot of times you can fall in love with an actor and say, all right, now let's see how they take this because we're going to be on set and we're going to be doing it multiple times, you know, and that can be such a great way to, and for an actor to show kind of their ability and talent and, you know, um, be um, adaptable, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. It's uh, the phrase that I was taught by one of my old acting instructors is like, prep it, don't plan it. Right. It's like you go in and you know the lines, you know what you know what the action lines say, you have questions about it, but you go in and it's all planned out and right, and I'm like give some notes to you in the room and then yeah. the exact same way, immediately I'm like right. I, I wanna see yeah. variation because that's the magic of what like what happens on set and what we do. It's like, you know, it's like there could be something that happens right there on the day of that works. 10 times better than anything that happened in a read or a rehearsal. And it's like, Oh, like we got to run with that. Like that's magic right there. That's happening. Um, and that's the, I, I sometimes find that's the hardest part about acting. And that that's the thing that I feel like elevates, you know, a good actor to a great actor is the ability to embrace that and suddenly take that in at the, at the drop of a dime. Like where it's like, okay, great. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I think that comes from also my theater sensibilities of thinking like that. Well, I was just thinking that same thing. I, I feel like um, directors that kind of come from the acting world, which 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 many do, but they have a little more of an openness to that kind of magic happening. You know what I mean? Uh, versus, um, uh, you know, the actors are just like these puppets, you know, that they, you know, and so, but I, but I think that's really great. I think that's always, uh, or not always, that generally can really help. That helps a director connect with actors when they're open to that because it allows the actors to kind of, you know, um, uh, explore and express you know in their own way um, yeah it's all about like for me it's like like why by the grape of god connects with me so much is because it's very it, it's very human right and it's like and for me it's like uh, like when i'm doing projects i want to capture very human elements and the things that make you know make it feel like real life right i want somebody to watch it and go oh i've been through that or i understand that or i get that complex emotion to not feel so alone because that's what movies did for me growing up and that's what like performing has done for me so it's like and the only way you can do that is by actually letting those moments also happen even though it's scripted to let those things happen when you're so into character and you're so in this moment and it's like bang something magical happens that is unplanned and that's because that's what life is like right so for me it's it's that sort of process and Right. Anything I say is all subjective also to like mm-hmm. my process as a director and how I look at and view a room. Uh, yeah. Well, with what you said, I was just thinking, um, <clears throat> so anyone that hasn't watched last of us, uh, plug your ears. This is mini, <laughs> mini, this is a line spoiler. It's not a spoiler of any story, but there's this episode three, which people have talked about and it's, um, it's a really beautiful episode. It's so good, mm-hmm. and and it, it made me very emotional. And it's, it's about this, you know, relationship between these two people, and you kind of see the whole arc of their relationship, which I loved. And I felt myself feeling a lot, and they're feeling a decent amount, but like I was feeling a lot. And then it was interesting is in a later episode with the two leads, because um, uh, we were just I just watched it. Uh, she's got a line. Uh, that she says time heals all wounds and he kind of looks at her and he's like it wasn't time saying you know she and it's it's kind of a it's a it's a beautiful line kind of saying she helped heal him but they're both really emotional and what's interesting is i wasn't as i i checked in i wasn't as emotionally affected because they were really emotional about it like they were having a moment and i was like 
you're having this big moment, but I'm like that, which was interesting in juxtaposition, even though, I, like I said, I love the show, to, to episode three, where I felt like they were not having moments, and then I was the one. And so when you're talking about these real moments, Colm, it's kind of interesting too, where it's like, as a director, as an actor, this like trust of like, you know, we're going through something when we're creating something, and, and, and not that we have to show it, but it's like, it's affecting other people because they're like relating to the love, they're relating to the pain, they're relating to the you know, the hurt or the overcoming, you know? For sure. I mean, the one, episode three is phenomenal. I bawled my eyes out. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was on, like it was me yeah. and my roommates and we were watching it as they came out on Sundays. I like, I was crying. I went to bed crying. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, I think I texted Corbin. I was like, I only cried three times, Corbin. <laughs> only three. Like I really held it together. Just, but the thing is, is, it's like, you're right. It's like, even though it's not this, it, it's not this huge emotional moment, like the finale, right? The finale is just, yeah. well, emotions are fine. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you just can't help but watch it and go, well, I felt that way. Mm -hmm. I've been loved like that. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like to, to look at somebody and see the way that these two people are looking at each other and going, mm -hmm. gosh, I remember when I looked at somebody like that or when I thought like I was in love like that, right? And now I'm not, right? What is that like? It's yeah. this sort of thing of like, when you touch upon and find great and real moments between two people, you're not playing anything up. It's just very natural. That's what then affects the audience because then they're sitting there going, oh gosh, I felt this too. Mm -hmm. And now they're just seeing that and that's getting an emotional response. Whether it's laughter, tears, right? Anything in between, anger, like all that sort of stuff. That's the that's kind of the beauty of it is like you have those real moments and then it just kind of spans out and then i think that's the magic of what we do as actors directors writers any kind of creative mm -hmm. yeah i feel like that episode is very like exactly as you're saying it almost feels like a weirdly like a theater piece like it's so actor driven so pretty and like it's all confined in that episode um and it just takes like a very skilled writer to be able to do that. So, I mean, I know you write a little bit. How do you, how did you view that? Or like, how do you like to write? Do you usually like to have a partner? Do you do solo? Do you kind of just go off into a distant corner and get something written down and then come back? Like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all over the board. I mean, it's like, for me, there's ideas that I've come up with friends. And if I come up with an idea with my friend or colleagues or whoever, I always want to write it with them because... I know it's like, it, for me, it's like, okay, we can meet halfway and you're going to bring something new to this. But then a lot of the stuff I write on my own is a lot of personal stuff that I'm like, okay, I know that I, this is my experience. I've gone through this thing. Mm -hmm. And so for, it's like, I want to write that and get that on the page myself and then open it up to other people. Mm -hmm. When I bring people on the project, you know, that's when they bring their experience to the words that I've written or the story that's kind of happened. Um, it's, it's all over the board. I mean, it's all over the board for me. It's like, I, I've done, I've written projects with two other people. I've written projects with one other person and those have been features and shorts and pilots and whatever. It's just kind of writing it. I feel like it's so much, it, feel, it feels so spontaneous mm -hmm. when I write. It's like, it's just kind of like, mm -hmm. Oh, I need, I need to write this right now. I just need to do this thing. I mean, it's, it's like, a the, my BFA thesis that I, that I wrote is I went spring break. It was right before COVID hit. Um, because I'll never forget it. I was, I went away. I shut my phone off. I went to this small town in Maine and I was like, I'm going to write my thesis here. And I did. And as I was writing it, you know, it was all so much in the moment. I mean, I was away from everybody and I was like, what do I want to write about? What do I want to talk about? And at that point, I was questioning a lot about my relationship with religion and growing up and, you know, being in middle school and being in high school and how that's affected me now in college and why that was still bothering me. And so that all just came out naturally over a week. And then when I came back to society and then found out society was also falling apart, <laughs> yeah. I uh, gave it to people and they were like, well, this is really great. And this is really emotionally in tune and, and very interesting. Right. And then from there, the emotions were all on the page, but then it was sharpening the actual mm -hmm. story and what, you know, the character arcs and those and like the technical elements. But I think off the bat, I'm a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. So I let that drive me first and then go back and go, okay, how do we fix the structure and make that all 
clean and sharp and pretty. Yeah, that's interesting. How do you, how do you, I mean, it seems like from just the brief uh, bit of knowing you that you're very humble and you're very willing to let the best uh, idea come to the top. But like, how do you find, where did you learn that where you can just let somebody uh, critique for lack of a better term, like kind of, this is what you can improve here and here. And obviously you don't take everybody's opinion, but you also are willing to listen. Like, where does that come from from you? Because that's a very special trait. I think it just came from over time and like the people I've met doing this and just so much respect for all of them. Like people, like, I don't know. I've, I've always been told that I like that people are like, wow, you're so ahead of what you're doing, but I, I don't believe that. Like I'm, like, I'm, I'm young and I'm figuring things out just like, we anybody. all are. We all are. Young. <laughs> yeah. 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 All three saying, it's like, it's like, well, I, I'm going to, there, you know, my brother, my brother's 18, right? He always gives me some of the best notes I've ever heard. He's not, he's a dancer, he's a costume designer, but he's watched the same amount of things I've watched and he has just as many great ideas as I do. And right, if I'm writing a action story, he goes, I think a cool idea would be actually doing this with this fight scene. And I go, oh, that's fantastic. You're right, that's so much more interesting, right? Like, it's like, you just have to, People will always, people who you trust will always try and bring out the best of what you are doing because they want you to succeed, right? And so it's like, you don't have to take in everything, but you take in the ideas that are what you already have. You just didn't realize it yet, Ooh, right? Like there's many times I've written things and I'm writing about multiple different things and people are like, but this is clearly the thing that you're leaning into more. You should so turn more to the left and do more of that because that's also the part that's most interesting. And I'm like, okay, great. Or there's times where I write something and I'm like, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. And somebody reads it and they go, oh, you're talking about love. This is, this is a breakup story. And I'm like, right. right? It's like those sort of things is people always can decipher sometimes your thoughts better than you can because you're so in it and they're removed. Uh, I, just, I just heard a great quote, just, just jumping in. I just heard a great quote uh, Matt Damon was saying when he was first started writing with Ben Affleck. Uh, he said that one of the, the best things he thought Ben said was he said, don't judge me for my bad ideas. Judge me for my, my, really, my good ideas, which I thought was interesting because I feel like with what you're talking about is this idea of kind of like expunging and getting things out out and it's just like you know and then there's the kind of carving of it but if you're, you're kind of waiting for the perfect thing or like it's got to be the best idea in the world it's like almost never going to happen or it's going to take a long long time right you know what i mean so i, I love what you're saying about getting it out you're never gonna it's never it's never gonna be all good right it's it's like it's just not like we're we're emotional right we're creatives that's the like i feel like it you have to be so in tune with your emotions and so it's like just get it all in there not all the ideas are going to be good and that's why you have other people that's why you have producers and collaborators and right and and it's the same thing with other people right like whenever i work with the director of photography it's like they throw a lot of ideas out i'm throwing a lot of ideas out and the ones that stay are the ones that were like oh yeah yeah i like that of yours and i like that of yours and we're taking those and then we're mixing them together right it's it's always going to be this process of just like throwing everything out there because you got to get all the ideas out so you can then go, okay, but these are the ones that are like golden, right? And that happens with writing. It even happens with acting. It's like, oh, I feel like we should do this scene really comedic. It feels obvious. And then it's like, well, have you thought about it as a actually very emotional, dramatic scene? And then people like, oh, and then you're like, okay, interesting, right? That sort of stuff is, I mean, that's why I love what, that's why I love doing this is I'm like, yeah. it's just, like you're just thinking about things in a new way and it helps you think about life in a new way and it's, it's amazing cool because our audience is a lot of actors have you written stuff for yourself to act in and and how did you approach that uh have you done that because that's kind of always interesting you know i always feel like it's i try to encourage people to create your own stuff you know i've done that myself and and it's like you know and and, and corbin's done some of that but it's an interesting exercise also to like write something you know either around yourself or for you know for yourself yeah how's that gone so it's interesting is like my answer is yes and no. And I'll explain it like this. My most emotional stuff that is most therapeutic, I don't act in. And it's because two things. I feel like it's a disservice to the project because then I can't 
I can't direct it in the way that it needs to be directed if I'm also acting in it. And so the emotional stuff that is like most of like my emotional vulnerability, I want to direct the project because I also think it's a great moment for an actor to really be in an emotional piece that has a lot of heart behind it. So like my thesis is about a boy in eighth grade and a girl and a sophomore in high school, right? And that was done completely intentionally because I'm like, I can't act in it. I can't be in it, but I can now give these great, I, I think great roles away to two people who are so different from me, right? But then on the other flip side, it's like for me, when I write something that I then go, oh, I'm definitely going to act in this, it's always against my type. Mm-hmm. So it's like these, like I said, it's like I typically fall into a very comedic coming of age type of vibe or serial killer um it's you know what i mean it's like uh, that look and vibe going on so it's like it's one of those and so like when i have written stuff for me it's like okay i'm gonna do something that's like i'm gonna do something great i'm gonna play a thief right or i'm gonna do something and i'll like i'll do uh you know pedro pascal last of us zombie flick like i I wouldn't be that kind of really man typically but it's like doing those kind of projects then challenge me to try and get in that space, even though physically I'm not, that's not my type, but it's like, okay, if I can get in that space mentally and body the best I can with what I look like, right. How will that come across? Maybe people will see me and go, Oh, okay. Actually he does have something in that, in that mm-hmm. area. So that's kind of sort of the thing, but mm-hmm. I think that actors should always be making stuff that they can be in always, always, always write one page two page scenes do it learn how to like shoot things it helps so much because that also helps when you're on set and a part of things when you know what's happening you're like okay i know this is my close-up but i know i'm over the shoulder here right how does that affect the visual language um how does my shoulder being in this one shot still can still incorporate my acting and my character right like I talk a lot with my hands naturally. Okay, does this character talk with their hands naturally? Their shoulder would be moving a lot, right? What is those sort of things? So I think it always helps. So I, I 100% actors write things, be in them, direct things, do, do that because it, it helps. Well, one of, this is going to sound like a job interview question. It's not, but one <laughs> of the things that like you know always happens with projects is um, uh, fires always come up. Things are always happening. Like you're always putting out fires, and you know when I when I made my independent feature solver, that was just like my producing partner did, came from Wall Street and did not know entertainment, and he was always like, "What? What's what's?" And I'm like, "Just trust me, stuff's you know." And then and then he learned real quickly of like you're always just you know putting out fires. That's part of like producing is is you know fixing solving things. I'm just curious with, um, by the grape of God, is there anything you can think of, you know, like an obstacle that you had to overcome like recently or early on? Because I think that's um, something that also, you know, obstacles are part of, you know, the obstacle is the path. Um, That's part of every project, you know, losing actors, losing locations, raising money, putting the team together, losing people from the team, you know, I'm just curious if you have any, um, you know, examples of, of what you've gone through. Cause I think that's also helpful to, for people to hear. Yeah. Um, how much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> every... we record, we're recording on tape, so we don't have that much more actually. <laughs> yes, going old school. I mean, it's every week, like every week there's something right. And it's, and it's, it's part of the job and you know that going in and you're like, yeah. and you, you just have to be, ready for it and i mean to take an old acting adage is like acting is reacting well so is directing Mm -hmm. and producing right and it's how do you react to the problem that's at hand right like i said we were signing cast members there were contract issues i mean just files weren't being sent correctly right things like that like it's like that comes up and you've got to recalibrate. You've got to figure it out. You've got to amend it. You've got to talk to, you know, whoever. And that sort of stuff happens. I mean, you have it happen with locations all the time. Yes, we can totally get this location for you these weekends for this much. Actually, we forgot. We have a bachelorette event. Okay. <laughs> well, then you got to reschedule. Then you got to change the schedule. That affects it. That changes the budget. That changes what days people are needed. And you've promised certain days and so on and so forth, right? It's like all that stuff 
will always, always happen. And I guarantee it'll only get bigger and bigger as the project goes on, and especially in shooting, because then it gets sort of more and more immediate, especially when you're on set. I mean, the, the one that I like, the biggest one I've ever had to deal with was we were going to shoot my BFA thesis. And then there was a COVID outbreak at my college. And so they shut down production. The, like they were like, no productions can happen the week of when we were supposed to shoot. And so then it was like, okay, there's two weeks left of school after then. So it's like, it's either we shoot it next week or it's finals week and nobody's going to be able to do the project. And it was like, okay, what do we do? And so then we're planning and we're figuring it out. We're like, okay, can we get people to stay? Can we get an Airbnb and we just do it actually after the school, like after school's done, right? It, it was no guarantee that they were going to lift the ban after a week. So it was like, right, we're thinking about nine different things. I mean, we had to then cancel our location and see if they could do it the following weekend, which was Easter weekend. So it's like, <laughs> okay, we're shooting in a church. So it's like, oh, great. So it's like, okay, we have to work around Easter mass. We have to do this and this and this. And then, right, it works out, we shoot it the week after, but it was perfect because now suddenly all the flowers have blossomed and we're actually in spring and it looks beautiful. And the church is actually fairly empty because once Easter mass was done, everybody wanted to go, but it's beautifully decorated. I mean, there's flowers everywhere. Well, right? like it's like, okay, we couldn't have asked for the better thing. So it's like, if you learn to roll with the punches, it always, I think, gives great benefits, always. And it's like, you always have to just, smile and say, okay, yes, let's do it. Let's make it work and let's make it the best it can be. Um, so always keep going. Just keep going. What do you, so with all this in the chaos and all that, how do you stay organized? Like how do you kind of make sure that everything, because obviously you have a good crew. It seems like you're talking it through and trying to figure it out. But I feel like I would forget the five other things that I've been trying to figure out too. And like, do you have like a board? Do you just, what do you do? I go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, man. Um, no, it's, it's, a, it's usually a laundry list. It's like, okay, all the elements of it is like, I think about it. I'm like, okay, camera department, art team, production, which is like my producers and things like that. It's like locations, actors, schedule, <laughs> money. right? It's like, it's like you go down that line and I'm just constantly going, Ding 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 ding. Right, and you're just cycling through those things, um, and it's but like Colm, is all that in a three ring binder or on a computer? Like, how do you, or is it in your brain? It's it's in the brain, and okay. it's like it, it's like it, you know to help write down little things. Like for me, it's like I have I print out every version of the script, and it all cycles through one binder. So right, so it's like mm -hmm. any old version of the script gets you know clipped and put away in the files and then everything else is in the binder. And in that binder, it's like, no matter the version of the script, there's new notes being written all the time. And it's like, okay, remember this and do this and do this. So it's very fun when then you have to go back to the old versions and flip through and read your old notes. Um, but for me, I think it's helpful to do it like that because I don't like to be too rigid in what I'm doing. I like to go back and look at what I was thinking about two drafts ago, right? In regards to location, like, okay, well, if we couldn't get this location, what about this location? Because then if that location falls through, you can go back and go, oh, I said we could just do this in a gravel parking lot. That totally works. Let's just switch it and do it at a gravel parking lot since we lost out on this beautiful, you know, green field, right? It's like that sort of stuff. You just, you just never, you just never know. And I, it's just, to me, it's too hard to keep track of it. Mm -hmm. um, that's what, that's what my producers are for. They like, for me, it's like my producers are the ones who go, oh yeah, we have, we have a list of options that we've mentioned in the past and I can go to them and I go, Hey, do you have that, that list? And they're like, yeah. Um, but for me, you know. Colm, how have you put together the team? How did you meet like Sean? Like, I think that's such an important thing is like finding people that like, you know, have, you could say values or your work ethic or energy, you know, and I think that's can be, you know, you, you said you're from, you know, the East coast, New Jersey, but now you're out, you know, kind of in LA. How did you, um, how did you find collaborators or people from school? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, through school, it was, it was pretty easy. It was just people that like aligned with the way I liked to work and they liked me and like, it Sorry, usually, I meant out here. Was it people from yeah. school out here or, oh, or yeah. was there? Yeah, well, yeah. 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 There's a lot of people from school out here. We, a lot of us moved, I mean, to LA, we went to film yeah. school together. So it was like, Oh, obvious choice. But how I got on this project was because I did a Yale 
uh, directing intensive last summer. And so I met Connor there. Um, Connor then told me that he lived in LA. I was like, Hey, I'm possibly going to move out there. So when I moved out here, we were just sending scripts back and forth. We had met a few times and he messaged me and said, Hey, there's a project that I think is right up your alley. Um, and they're asking me to enter the directing pool, but I kind of want to throw your name in as well. Right. It's comedic. It's got religious undertones. Um, kind of in the same vein as what you did for your BFA thesis. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, send them, send them the, uh, the thesis was called Peace Be With You. I was like, send them that and I'll, I'll read the script. Uh, and I've been an intern for a long time to, at different companies. I've read tons of scripts that are just awful and <laughs> tons that are really good. Um, and so when I got the script, I was like, okay, this is something. I was like, this is actually really decent, totally, totally in my vein. So I was like, I'm super interested. I interviewed for like a month and a half, two months, a couple of different times. And uh, that's how I met Sean. That's how I met Kevin, uh, the writer. Uh, that's how I met Marissa, our other producer. Um, and, you know, from there, they were like, yeah, we want you, we want to bring you on. And so now that I've been integrated there, I've got to meet a lot more people through the, you know, hiring process of meeting production designers from places I would have never even known and, you know, through connections of Marissa and all these things. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate that this was a break in to my scene out here in LA, but I've also met a lot of people through, you know, my, I work right now as an assistant at a management company. So it's like I met a lot of people through that. Mm -hmm. You meet people at like social events. I mean, everybody's in the film industry. Out there, so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like you in film. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, I'm an editor. You're like, Oh, cool. <laughs> and so that all just kind of happens like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. I know you, so you mentioned your BFA and also by the way of God, they have these religious tones. Where's that? How does that sing, like sing to you? Like, where's, where's that background in your, in your world? Yeah, it's, um, it comes from a place of, I was raised Catholic, right? And, you know, it, it was just, it, it wasn't always comforting, right? Like there was a time where I didn't really pay attention to it. And then there was a time where suddenly I became very conscious of everything that was going around me, right? And this is, that's really what through is about is like this consciousness that kind of happens of like okay this is complex it's very comforting for my parents it's very comforting mm -hmm. right for my family to be like okay there's this greater figure that's you know mm -hmm. controlling helping whatever you want to call it but then there's also the sense of like i have no autonomy if that's the case yeah. right and so it's like this weird thing that kind of happens and you're like am i wrong for doing this am i right for doing this there's so much guilt and love and feelings. I was like, Ugh. so then I like swore it off for a long time. And then when I was in college and kind of, there was a point where I was feeling very isolated. I was like, I feel so alone and like nobody can listen to me and nobody's really listening to me. And so then I found myself going back to church, but not mass. I just wanted to go there and be in the space and just be there. And so it was this interesting thing of like realizing the actual structure of the church isn't appealing to me. It's not comforting, I don't like it. But the thing that is appealing is this idea of faith and like the love that you can have and share, right? And I think those things often get so blurred, right? When you mention religion, a lot of people recoil and it's like, well, I don't actually attend mass, but I like to believe there's a higher power. I like to believe there's somebody who's watching out for us and hoping for the best and you know and even if people are like i don't believe that then i'm like okay right everybody's faith is so individual and so complex even if somebody's like i believe in god well to what degree yeah. how, how much right how often right those things and like so like asking those questions and realizing those things i think are hugely important and i think it will start to break down barriers when people realize faith and belief is so individual so individual on the person and once you understand that i feel like that's a really eye-opening and beautiful experience because then you can connect to anybody knowing that their faith and their belief is so singular rather than trying to be like be a part of my <laughs> my big thing and you're like okay no right once, once i understood that it became very comforting and i had to understand that through the process of doing peace be with you and now even going to buy the grape of god has allowed me to dissect that and understand that even further yeah, and it's not exactly what you're kind of re referencing, but I mean, to me, religion of any form, I've really enjoyed like Greek and Roman mythology and plays and like theater and stuff. And like, 
not exactly what you're describing, but it's similar where it's kind of rooted in us so deep. Like there's something there about this storytelling element that has always intrigued me. And it's like, oh brother, where art thou being the, like the Odyssey, you know, it's like, it's things like that, which is so, um, I, I don't know, I think it's cool. Like, I think this is an interesting, thi- like, like you said, people recoil, which to me, it always makes me want to jump further towards it. Cause I'm like, well, let's tackle this. Let's actually communicate, but we can't be afraid of it, <laughs> you know? It's like, it's in some ways it's exactly that it's mm-hmm. like, the Greeks and Romans believed in these gods, right? And they were they were these figures that they prayed to. And it's like we still have that. It's not Zeus, right? Yeah. It's not Ares, but it's that still exists, right? We have saints who are real people, but have now taken on this mythical form to them. It's like okay, that's interesting, right? They're like, why do we do that? And why why is that so comforting for some people and so scary to other people? It's like that that complexity and stuff that's interesting to dissect. And I think that people get really scared of it. And for me, it's like, I I don't want to be scared of it anymore. Right. When I was like, I was so afraid of it for such a long time. I was like, there's no point. Let's open up the door. Let's have the conversation. It's neither. I'm not pro. I'm not pro anything. And I'm not, you know, like, I'm not like trying to push an agenda. I'm just like, let's, look at it let's look at it and actually think about this for a few minutes because i feel like it's so easy to just shut down when we hear these certain things so. absolutely yeah it made me think of uh we were visiting some friends in dallas and i was looking for a coffee shop in the morning and i found one that had like the best reviews i was like this looks awesome it looks hip super cool and then i'm like wait it's in a church what's going on here <laughs> it was like wait a second and i and i and i didn't go there because i was i was hesitant because i didn't know if like you know, I'd have to like talk to people, talk about religion. And I didn't want to like, I wasn't geared up for that because I think with what you're talking about, it can be such an energy drain right now instead of like an energy gain with, with where we're at. And I, yeah, I just heard something recently about, you know, there is something that like, I love you talked about faith, but I was also just thinking about this idea of like community. You know, I used to go to kind of a non-denominational uh, Unitarian church in LA. And it was neat because it was all intergenerational. So you had kids around, you had, you know, grandmas and grandpa, you had all different ages interacting and you had music. And there was a lot of lovely, lovely things about it. Um, that I think we kind of, you know, lose a little bit when we just throw the whole thing, you know, out. And so that's really interesting. Uh, Colm, I, I think that's a really interesting, you know, topic. And I think it's also, it's interesting. You're talking about comedy. Uh, cause I think sometimes comedy can be a way to kind of, um, uh, get the medicine to go down or have people talk about, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, religion in a way, you know? So it's a really, really great. I mean, it's also like, it's funny, right? Like you always, like, there's so yeah. many funny stories I have about growing up and attending church. Like, it, it, it's funny. Life, life is funny. It's funny yeah. no matter what. And religion can be funny. And that's the thing. It's like making it, making people realize that don't get me wrong. There's a lot of bad religion. Trust me. And I'm like, and I, I'm like, and I know people have had really bad experiences and I'm not trying to undo any of that, but I'm like, I'm like, there's elements of it. You can laugh at it and you can laugh with it. Right. And you can, there's so many varying shades to everything in this world. And so it's like, we want to look at the good. We want to look at the bad. We want to look at all of it. Um, And all while making people laugh throughout it. Right. That's the goal with by the grape of God. And it's tough because you could very much, if you miscalculate in any which direction, right, it can come across very wrong. So we're aware of that. And it's like, you know, there's something, there's something that is appealing to it across the board. Right. And there's something that's deterring of it. And it's like, all right, can't run from it, but you know, you also can't indulge in it too much. So. That's the, that's the complex nature of doing something. So good. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, it's a little bit of, you know, a tightrope in a sense. Well, Colm, I, we are excited to follow the progress of the project. We're, we're looking forward to it. We're fans of you and, and Sean yeah. and stuff. So, man, this is this is exciting. Uh, love what you're doing. We have one final part of the podcast, which is your best bad, bad acting. Act. He put his hand out like, bring it on. <laughs> he was bring ready. It on. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Corbin's going to gonna send it to you in the chat. And this is, this is from an older movie. This is one of my favorite actors did this um i'm surprised you didn't uh, say this person as as the person you wish you were it felt too obvious i've talked about him a lot this is um uh if you don't recognize this is way before your time colm so um do you know this you're pointing at like you do of course i recognize this they shot this in my hometown <laughs> oh, are you serious yeah. I, this 
on the waterfront is yeah. shot in Hoboken, New Jersey. That wow. I'm talking to the church I went to growing yeah. up is yeah. in the film. My house is the street that I grew up on. Yeah. House is right next to it, but it wasn't my house yet. So it's oh like wow, you are, you are connected. Is, you know. <laughs> perfect. Yes, perfect. Okay, great. Well, this is from On the Waterfront. Um, <laughs> the idea with this is you can just you you don't have to do an impression. You can just do whatever you want with it, have fun, and then you know it's the point is best bad act, and you can go over the top, and then we might give you a redirect just to just to play. So great. whenever whenever you're ready. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm oh you, you guys, you guys <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand I could have had class I could have been a contender I could have been somebody instead of a bum which is what I am <laughs> so fun oh my god so yes. good he was channeling he it because he was channeling, he was channeling ge geography through him I felt the Hoboken right? yeah the Hoboken yeah 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 Corbin, any uh, any redirects? This is very strange, but I kind of want to see you do it as a nun. <laughs> nun? Oh, yeah, just way different. Yeah. yeah. You don't understand. <laughs> I could have had class. <laughs> I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a nun. Which is <laughs> So that's good and the improv works perfectly that's so, so good that is so good i love that instead of a nun which is what i am now that line is <laughs> no, it's like when you hear different lyrics in a song and now that's all you can hear that's yeah. exactly what it's going to be love every it. time you watch all the water from is he a nun now <laughs> don't know oh my gosh that's so good i love it that was great colm that Thank was awesome you, uh so good and and what a connection you had to we didn't even know that folks we did not even know that <laughs> um well colm this has been lovely man it's been cool to hear your story and and like i said we're excited to to see how the feature goes and wish you and sean so much luck you know and or not you're not luck but just so much success um yeah. and and you know you guys are putting in the work and, and you're making it happen which is which is lovely so you know thanks for being here and we appreciate it absolutely thank you guys for having me i mean it's a pleasure meeting both of you and getting to talk with you guys yeah. it's been phenomenal and i hope we get to work together in the future because you guys also seem fantastic and i love you too. <laughs> that's so. awesome thanks so awesome all right colm have a great day we'll talk to you soon all right bud have a good one bye thank you for listening to the moon and spotlight podcast